Welcome to the Renew the Arts podcast, where we discuss the role of art and creativity in the church and in the world. We are your hosts, Justice Stout and Michael Minkoff. Our mission at Renew the Arts is to liberate Christian creativity. At renewtheArts.org, you can see what we're working on to see how you, yes you, can get involved in the creative revival that is currently happening in the church. In the last four years, we've given away more than $200,000 in sponsorship value for projects by Christians who are dedicated to their craft and to their faith. If you like what we're doing, please support our efforts by joining our patron community and perhaps sponsoring a podcast episode. For more details, visit our website or shoot us an email. There are stains in our past, personally and communally. Personal sins can be hard to address, and communal sins are certainly much harder. The treatment of Native Americans in U.S. history certainly falls within this category, and we've partnered with Jesse Murray, sponsoring an album of songs addressing this sensitive issue. He's with us on the podcast today, talking us through a few tracks. This is Collective Repentance in the Arts with singer-songwriter Jesse Murray. Well, Mr. Murray. What's up, guys? How you doing? Doing well. How are y'all? Doing, doing well. well. Doing well. Uh, this is a very special podcast. Um, one of the things that we want to do a little bit more of is bringing on artists that are actually accomplishing the kind of mission that uh, we're setting out to do. So it's great to loop these artists in into the podcast and discuss their craft with them and uh, share their work with our listeners. Um, Jesse, it makes a ton of sense that we have Jesse on first. Um, your relationship with Renew the Arts, well, initially with the Nehemiah Foundation and now with Renew the Arts, is a very long one. When, yeah, for sure. When? Uh, 2010, I think. Yeah. That was when our, uh, uh, our band that I was a member of, uh, we recorded our first album um, with Renew the Arts, Brock's Folly, mm-hmm. and I've been hanging around ever since. Can't shake him. Can't. Won't. Can't. Won't. Better, harder, faster, stronger. <laughs> <laughs> this is also a little bit of a different podcast because we're actually doing it at uh, Justice's house. Welcome to my living room. Yeah. And thanks, Anna Cat, for having us over. Yeah. She's, she's she's happy to have you. <laughs> <laughs> not in the room. <laughs> she's not here. It's okay. Little shout out. I can speak for her. Yeah. Um, because I know that she is happy to have you for sure. Uh, so yeah, you got involved uh, through Brock's Folly, which I was a part of at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did three albums um, yeah. with uh, with Michael at the Nehemiah Foundation and Renew the Arts, and. Um, after our last album, we all kind of went our different ways. Yeah, there were babies coming. and A lot of babies on the way. We decided that we should do something else. But you're still making music. St- still making music, yeah. Uh, as often as I can. So, And uh, so we're working together on an album now. Yeah. Uh, the, so Renew the Arts is sponsoring Jesse's upcoming album. Mm-hmm. Does it have a title yet? Uh, Trail of Tears. All right. Yes. Trail of Tears, and um, what would you say is the theme behind this album? Uh, so I grew up in Rapid City, South Dakota, uh, from the time that I was 10 until I went to college. Uh, and um, I grew up in the Native American community in North Rapid. Shout out to all of them up there. 
Um, I'm actually going to be seeing uh, one of my first friends uh, is coming down to Charleston to see my parents in a week, and I get to see him, so it's been a long time. But mm-hmm. uh, I grew up there, and um, it's really where I started making music was up there as a teenager. Um, and uh, growing up in a Native American world as one of the white kids there, that was that was always really interesting. Um, but, man, me and my family were welcomed, uh, even um, were uh, adopted into a family, my mom and dad and me by proximity. Um, so, were you uh, given an Indian name? No, no, no. Is that a thing? No, nah, uh, no, not really. In the movies, uh, if you're Kevin Costner, <laughs> but but the what if uh, I was Kevin Costner? Then then they'd I don't give you, care to use the subjunctive you a... <laughs> tense. It's a mood. Ow! <laughs> oh, I was so close. Now, Take you and your subjunctive. Really I was trying. That's good. Okay. That's good. Uh, so that's not a thing. I I don't think so. We, we, the, they the traditional name for that family was new plenty stars but they went by the news mm-hmm. and their family nada sean and daryl and rose uh uncles cousins and sisters you know mm-hmm. so um they they were definitely like super close to us uh when i was growing up um and they definitely have a lot of influence on me, I've written songs about them. And a lot of I these mean, songs aren't necessarily brand new. No. Like, like, these are songs that you've been writing for a long time. Like, what? what's probably the oldest one? Probably the oldest one uh, that's going to be on this project is called The Cheyenne River. Uh, I think I wrote it close to 10 years ago. Wow. So, yeah. uh, in college. Um, but uh, it's interesting. I started writing more about... Um, my experiences there and those beautiful people when I left. Mm-hmm. I didn't really write much when I was there, but but you don't know what you got until it's gone. I kind of is absence it, makes the heart grow. Music, music, <laughs> fond so, music, fond music, fonder music. That's yeah. that's the uh, that's the catchphrase to my record label. <laughs> absinthe um, makes the heart absinthe. grow. Music. <laughs> <laughs> Absinthe makes the heart grow fonder. <laughs> um, right. So, uh, why don't you go ahead and share a song with us? Sure, sure. What's this first one? This one is uh, it's called Snow Blindness. Did you want to jump in here, Michael? No, but I do want Jesse to tell us a little bit about it, and I think he's going to. Okay, right. So this is um, this is a newer one, actually. This is from this year. It's called Snow Blindness. Um, I, uh, I had a a conversation with a friend the other day and we were talking, it was actually a justice. We were talking about, (laughs) I wonder what it would be like to live knowing that you'd murdered somebody. And this song kind of comes from that perspective as best as I can imagine. In 1890, the Wounded Knee Massacre happened, um, where, um, uh, there was a group of natives up in... South Dakota, who were slaughtered by the U.S. Army um, under a flag of truce, and uh, there, there's so much 
um, about that event that still um, is such an obvious scar uh, in that th- community. And uh, it's still talked about all the time. When I was growing up, I, I, I mean, th- wounded knee was the thing. It was like the thing. Yeah. And uh, um, it was just a terrible event. And this song is written from the perspective of an, an army um, an army soldier uh, who was there, and he's looking back years later. So, all right, yeah, let's hear it. I've worked real steadily to put 1890 so far behind me But I still see Indians running from Hotchkiss guns So I give confession now, cause I'm never sure somehow That I will be here to see the morning sun As it rises over Washington December 29th We had the ends inside The ground was lily white But oh, the earth was shaking With ghost dancers all around We'll quiet them down, boys We'll quiet them down Aladdin's castle had descended and the flag showed all the glory of a kingdom's fat and lazy with a genie at our command the Indian land please the Indian land the war'd been dragging on 200 summers strong our only gospel was start this century cleanly and avenge the big horn Avenge the time for being born, for being blind The famous battery, the first artillery, the seventh cavalry And what was left of Custer's boys for Hotchkiss guns Killing machines, the likes of which they never had seen Had orders to disarm me, round them up, then you transport them outside the zone of army operations. Spotted elk, 230 men, 120 women and kids. I was never sure what happened. They said an Indian had started dancing, and a deaf man wouldn't give up a rifle that he'd paid a good price for as things went south. Down in the camp, a gun went off And that was it, who knows who fired first Damned if we weren't all battle-thirsty A flag of truce raised, but who of us really cared? We shot him dead, we shot him dead 
I'm dropping them still inside my head. I saw the women run, their children holding on. I saw a mother whose baby continued nursing in the bloody snow. After she'd gone, it continued on, it continued on. I put my hammer back just to get another whack, and the clouds rolled back, and the heavens mouth was open and I heard a cry from up above it shriveled me up God it shriveled me that I left the army I very quickly lost my money and spent some time seeking for my repentance and I've sought it in tears I've sought it in praying and I've sought it some years and so I think it's worth saying that I never figured out what this was all about life and death and forgiveness or the reasons that lightning strikes but it ain't struck Perhaps it's hell, perhaps I'll see Perhaps these many hours spanning between then and now Have mostly served to make my spirit ready to see that judge What could that mean when justice comes for something filthy as me? Still I hear these words rumbling across this land of ours And father of all people I had hoped you would be able Before I go, before I dare What did it mean when I heard I'm glad So, man, one of the things I really like about that song is how vivid and clearly depict everything is. But like, once it gets to the point where the woman is shot dead in the snow and the baby continues nursing, which is a real story, that's a true account. Yeah, and that's a, so. Yeah. There's a an eyewitness account that has recorded that. Yeah, it was one of the uh, was one of the army soldiers recorded that. So, so this is kind of that man's story. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagining that that he was remorseful years later, so mm-hmm. which I'm sure that those people existed. People who were rem- remorseful about sure, sure, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I mean, I've heard accounts of 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 uh, of people looking back years later and just being like, like everything that I saw happen, everything that I participated in, was uh, was cruel. Yeah. And I guess one of the questions that's asked oftentimes, and I guess it's a legitimate question, even if it's unfeeling, is that happened almost 200 years ago. Are we really supposed to be... Still dealing with it. Still dealing with it, or holding ourselves, like if we're bringing up the guilt of it, like why are... We didn't do it. Right. And is it... I didn't do it. Is it worthwhile? Why not let it pass? Like why why reopen old Mm -hmm. wounds... But I think, I mean, 
and I and I, I I mean I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on this as well, but I think it's not an old wound. That's that's the problem with it. It might be it might have begun a long time ago. Yeah. But for a lot of people, mm-hmm. they're still suffering. Mm-hmm. I was. Um, we were just in my 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 wife's family is from Nebraska, and I wrote some about this. But uh, they lived in uh, mid middle Nebraska, mm-hmm. which is around mm-hmm. the L- Lakota area. Yeah, sure. And, and um, they they uh, there was this 150 year or something like that anniversary, or maybe 175 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was of uh, the Blue Water Creek Massacre, mm-hmm. which is still called, like if you look it up on Wikipedia, the Blue Water Creek Massacre is not what it's called. It's called the Battle of Blue Water Creek. Which is crazy. Which is crazy that even today, at this moment, unarmed uh, Native Americans under a flag of truce who were shot down by the U.S. Army, that's still called a battle. Still referred to as a battle. Mm-hmm. That's called a battle. And so that sort of brings up this is still an ongoing issue Mm -hmm. it hasn't really been fully addressed Mm -hmm. and it's not good enough just because it happened a long time ago to say well can't we just let bygones be bygones it's water under the bridge and let's just move on like Mm -hmm. it's not they haven't moved on they haven't they're still suffering that they're still suffering from the consequences of these activities Mm -hmm. Uh, we we while we were there uh some of the lakota came down from you know the wilderness that they were pushed into yeah and uh, they came down, and it, it was a really interesting experience that I had because they were driving trucks, you know, and they had their tents in the back of their trucks. Yeah. And they had, you know, they had their flint boxes still in little, you know, animal skins around their necks, but they also had lighters in their blue jeans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, yeah. This was the situation. This was their lives. And all of the all of the the uh, enactors, like the 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 colonist enactors or the pioneer enactors, mm-hmm. they were all living totally in you know 1830 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't use anything that hadn't been ma- that had been made <laughs> after that. And um, you know, and you're looking at the the Native American populations. You're like, man, they're they're not really good at this whole reenactment thing. It's like, well, it's because it's not an enactment. <laughs> it's not an enactment. Yeah. It's not a reenactment. We're just showing this is up. their life. Yeah, this is their life. And uh, we, I saw this. This dance, a, a dance of mourning that was done by their chief, whose name was Little Thunder, and he's the surviving grandson of grandson, I mm-hmm. think, or maybe even great grandson, but it's in that range, yeah, right? Yeah. Of of a chief, Little Thunder, mm-hmm. who was actually massacred at Blue Water Creek. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he came down with his nephew, uh, all part of the 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 Little Thunder uh, a group, tribe, mm-hmm. right? And uh and they they came down. And all of us gathered with the other pioneer reenactors and some cowboy reenactors and all this kind of stuff. But they, um, they said, we came down so that we could reunite and reconcile over Blue Water Creek. Wow. These are people who are ancestors, you know, their ancestors had, 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 had died, had mm-hmm. been murdered, like cold blood. And they came down. And and I was there, and I didn't really know how to take this because it's like, well, certainly, I, I haven't even asked for forgiveness. I didn't know to ask for it. Yeah, he was apologizing. But but you ha- are granting it, and it was it's wonderful. Which it's beautiful, beautiful what you're doing. It is the gospel what you're doing. And but at the end of the day, what does your forgiveness mean? What does reconciliation mean in these terms? If you're gonna leave today and go back to your wilderness. Mm-hmm. So what exactly do you do about that? How 
I mean, if you can't pay for it, which I don't know that we really can pay for it, I don't know there's much we can do about that. And I don't think they were expecting that when they came down. I think that that's why the conversation is so hard to get to with with most people, or just in the current uh, climate, discussing this, it starts to... If you admit guilt and start to approach something Mm -hmm. along the lines of repentance Mm -hmm. or remorse, then the question becomes one of liability. Sure. So if we were wrong, if these, you know, if our, you know, taking that, taking that land or killing those tribes, if if we're saying yes, actually we were in the wrong on that, what does that mean? What are the repercussions, and how do we pay back? How do we make it right? And um, I think that that's why it's such a difficult thing, you know, subject to to approach. But the fact is that I don't see any way. I don't see any way. And we were talking about this earlier. Uh, the people that own the property now most likely worked hard for it mm-hmm. and bought it outright with honest money mm-hmm. at this point. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, a lot of the land that was seized was owned by the federal government and mm-hmm. was sold to people or granted mm-hmm. to people from then on out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, And I don't even think land is what they're wanting. Uh, part of the power, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe some yeah. of them are, but but we're not having the conversation. Mostly, I think, because we're not even willing to call it the Blue Water Creek Massacre. Like this part, I don't right. even think they call it the Wounded Knee Massacre. Maybe they do. Maybe some people do. But I think actually, even that one you'll see talked about as the Battle <laughs> the of Battle Wounded, at Wounded Knee. Knee. Yeah, and I think that's that's part of the problem. And that's here. yeah, and that's I mean, why I really like the next song of yours because they're. In, in the song that Jesse's about to play, there's a line, and I'll let him play it, but it's this idea that there is no way, there is no way to truly pay back. Like, for example, murder. How do you ever make that right? You don't. You don't. You can't raise someone from the dead, and you can't make that situation right again. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not a conversation worth having or a, a sin, a communal sin worth grieving over. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, even in the Old Testament, uh, the people would go to God over communal sins. Like, and like Lord, I, we've strayed. They, we stopped following these certain laws as a people, and we can't go back and fix that, but we can certainly repent and grieve and I think that's them. something that needs to happen. There needs to be a communal grieving. There needs to be a sackcloth and ashes type of thing. Uh, that That's real. And there needs to be a national awareness. And like uh, when S- Standing Rock happened, I don't know if you guys remember mm-hmm. that, how long after it was over did people stop talking about it? It was so fast. So quickly. It was so quickly. And whatever your opinions are on that um, that uh, situation, there there's so much to talk about still. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think music helps. That's yeah. one of the reasons. I mean, it's helped me. These songs that you've written have helped me. Uh-huh. I've cried over snow blindness. I have. I have. I have the shed, first song. I have yeah. shed tears over that that song, mm-hmm. and I've. I have seen myself, both in the in the army officer, which I think is brilliant that you wrote it from his perspective, because I've seen myself in him. But I've also seen the images and seen myself in mm-hmm. in the victims of his of mm-hmm. his brutality, mm-hmm. and. I think that's a that's something that music and art can do mm-hmm. that just a statement plain mm-hmm. statement of the facts really can't do that you right. want to you, you want to turn away from the facts but when you're gripped by a song even if you want to turn away from it there it it it, it, it gets mm-hmm. into you in a different kind of way And like that's way. the idea is that we're yeah. all murderers and we're all victims and yeah. and 
uh, there are so many stories to tell that 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 are going to help us to really see that in ourselves, in our nation, and um, I think that's where healing is going to come by, by by stories. Yeah, all we got is time and stories. So, and that's all we got. So this next song yeah. is titled. It's the title track, Trail of Tears. So it's still a work in progress. Which, but not really. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. There might be some hiccups. Is that <laughs> what you're saying? No, there's not going to be any. Never, hiccups. never. It is a side note. It is interesting that um, uh, we're working on this album that touches on the Trail of Tears quite often because Jesse and I met and currently live in Dayton, Tennessee. Uh, which is one of the initial grounds of the t- the Trail of Tears. Came right through here. It Actually, came directly like, through here. Right up by my house. Yep. It's crazy. Like right right here. In fact, Highway 60, yeah. uh, which goes across the Tennessee River, used to be a ferry that shuttles people mm-hmm. across. So this, this road and this ferry, you know, this spot of crossing the river, um, that ferry was used that the land to one side of it was used as a staging ground for collecting the Indians mm-hmm. and then they ferried them across the Tennessee right there. Yeah, like it's your way the ones that town. they brought up from Georgia, like the Cherokee that they brought up from Georgia, they went through Cleveland, which is very close, and then yeah. up through here and then on to Oklahoma. But so. it was just the beginning because it was a very long trip. It was, yeah, so. But anyway. I'm going to play it. Yeah. I'm going to play it. The year of 1830 is where my tale begins The southeastern mountains started giving gold And then, with elbow room for the picking Growing mighty slim The United States stretched out its great arms again Over the Indian, the Indians President Andrew Jackson signed it into law with pen That Indian Removal Act almost guaranteed an end the government must peacefully negotiate with them If the Indians refuse the contingency plan Is kick them off the land The Cherokee, Seminole, Chickasaw The Choctaw and Creek You had five civilized tribes Living east of the Mississippi Even with assimilation The price would be too steep For some 20 million acres You lay down and lick the devil's boot heels Thus began the tedious burden of removal. Oh, Supreti. Ah, such a Here we go. So thus began the tedious burden of removal. Walked treaty rights and Supreme Court rulings were denied and refuted. You know, John Marshall's court declared we must abide by what we swore. But Jackson said in the inevitability of progress on your decisions here are stillborn. Stillborn. So progress is what he cited is the reason for migration. You know, to save them from extinction, we must remove them from the nation. Their rights do not compare with the visions of so many. And Jackson said my gospel should be plenty to get my face on the twenty, the twenty. 
1938, the task had fallen to Van Buren all, but nothing had really changed. They're the same God they had been serving, they coerced some into signing. The principal chief, he never signed it, but there was nothing to be done once the feds had that in writing, writing. So little bit by little bit, as it is with most great evils, their people have been sacrificed upon civilization's table. From the city to the state, and from the state across the country, there is blood upon this land, and there's a curse upon the centuries. And it shames me when I think of how this nation still refuses to take upon their father's guilt and repent for these abuses. We still laud the names of Jackson, Sherman, Washington, and Lincoln, while we demonize the names of them who done much lesser evils. Let's not forget the game in which we play. It's a game of inches. Life is short, life is long. It just depends on who's the victim. And everything we say or do, you know, may still be used against us when the judge of every nation calls upon their blood to witness. What's that last line? Uh, and it won't be made right until the day that their dead are raised from the grave um, and the giving back of the land is, is, is I don't know, it's just not even up there. It's like... So it won't be made right until these impossible things are done. Until these impossible things are done and, 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 uh, and as a believer, I do believe that, the, that their dead are going to be raised and that it'll be made right but not by us not by america uh america has no power to right these wrongs um what nation in history has had the power to right the wrongs 
that they've done. Like uh, we were talking, um, these the issues of colonization and, uh, and enslavement or stealing of land just it goes back to the beginnings the beginnings of time um and it's uh it's like as the dog returns to its vomit so humans return to uh the land grab the land grab and murder and man uh, stealing yeah um but there is a conversation to have uh and and we as white americans i'm just going to say it as white, <laughs> as white Americans, I am a white American. Um, there needs to be um, repentance for the sins of our fathers, and not um, just a one-time thing either. A, a spirit, a lifestyle of, of repentance. repentance. Because mm-hmm. if you can't make something right, mm-hmm. then the only thing that you can do is mm-hmm. live constantly in repentance. Mm-hmm. And if you suffer because of that, and it is unjust, if in fact it is, mm-hmm. then you put that in God's hands. Yeah. And you recognize if there's some possible way in which I have been given the opportunity to suffer unjustly, then I am only that much closer to the suffering of these these people that my forefathers mm-hmm. wronged and the suffering of my Savior. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why people are so against that. Well, mm-hmm. it's an it's an unbearable weight of forgiveness. It's crushing. It it takes a lot of it takes a lot of humility to be that indebted to someone and admit it to say there's no way I can write this mm-hmm. wrong. So you're just literally going to have to forgive. Mm-hmm. I can't even really. And like Michael was saying, repentance is a lifestyle. It's it, it's not a I'm sorry. It's not a uh, like, I'm sorry that happened. It's it's a way of life. Like mm-hmm. repentance is a way of life, and I think we live in a time uh, in the West that is ripe for for a lot of repentance. For a lot of repentance. Amen. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 happening all over in the church, outside of the church. And that doesn't, you know, I think a lot of conservative listeners might hear this as a uh, pushback against Western civilization in general, or. or you know, conservative values. But repentance, not necessarily of everything, but if there are sins, should they not be repented of? Right, we should repent of the bad things. And we should seek it out, root it out, mm-hmm. root it out and repent of it, and keep the good, mm-hmm. spit out the bones. Keep and the part good. of it is retaining, retaining these wrongs, even if they're being retained in the people who have been wronged, is what maintains the wrongs even of our civilization. Mm-hmm. So if, if you talk about like Western civilization, sure. the wrongs that we have done in the past are currently, presently being retained because they have not been repented of. Mm-hmm. Now, even if you say, oh, well, it's not my responsibility to repent of it. Mm-hmm. Well, then we are retaining. Mm-hmm. We are holding on to. We are not mm-hmm. allowing to be loosed those wrongs because mm-hmm. we're not willing to repent of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have a debt, a national debt? How many, what's our debt at? Twenty trillion or something like yeah, that? Above, Can yeah. we just say, "Hey, that wasn't me. I didn't do that." It's mm-hmm. a collective thing. It's a coll- You can't. You can't just say, "Hey, you know, I didn't spend that money, so mm-hmm. why should I be liable to pay for it?" Well, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't just go away simply because you mm-hmm. weren't the one responsible for it. It's mm-hmm. still there until it's and, loosed. And there's healing in that. There's healing in that. That that coming 
together that 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 let's let's all accept this mm-hmm. let's all accept this guilt um let's not be so american about it jeez <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's not be so john wayne about it but but uh i remember aunt jackie used to always tell me when i saw a mess i should clean it up because somebody's gonna have to do it it doesn't matter if it's yours yeah and uh um but in a real sense this is our this is our mess and even if it's not the mess we made it's still it's still the mess our mess <laughs> yeah exactly well, i inherited this mess right. man i'm always we've been friends for a long time but i i'm continually impressed with your songwriting and i really Thanks hope so that much, this guys. album is going to help continue to help me um live a lifestyle of repentance and pray the prayer of lord have mercy mm-hmm. um and hopefully it'll help people other than just us. I mean, that's the whole and idea. And me as that's, well. It, yeah. And me as well. I'm, we're, we're all, yeah. But that's why we're recording that. it. That's why we're producing it. That's why we're sponsoring it. So happy re- to be doing it. I really hope that, you know, a lot of people end up listening to it. I hope it's a lot of good to a lot of people. And um, for anybody listening, if if this, if Jesse's songs have uh, really reached you, um, or if this work in general, you know, this is all possible because of patrons who recognize the importance of making albums like this that might not necessarily be uh, fiscally the most lucrative project that we can take on, sure. um, but maybe perhaps the most important projects that we can take on. So if you really like what you've heard, keep an eye out. We'll probably be uh, raising money for it, and um, we're really excited to do it. Um, yeah, pretty much it. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. Thanks Thank for you coming. For being here, Jesse. Yeah. That was a pleasure. Go home. <laughs> Thanks.